Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, great to have your company, and let's continue what is significant, one of the biggest events on the world stage at the moment, the US Tennis Open. A man that has coached for many time, a former Davis Cup player, and he's based here in Perth, and he's seen many a player come and go. We're talking about Rob Casey. Rob, thanks for your time. You're enjoying the US Open? Yeah, pleasure, Pete, to be here again, but yes, I have I, um I often feel that the U.S. Open sort of tagged on the end of the other slams, and perhaps I don't pay quite as much attention to it unless there's something realistic and you know, sort of interesting happening. But this one has been of special interest because of uh, Kyros's performance and, and other and other things that are happening at the event. Yeah, he bowed out today in a five-setter against uh, Karen Kachakov of Russia, which was disappointing. But saying that, how have you viewed? Kyrgios's game and his evolution in recent times. Yes, well, I, I did watch the Medvedev match uh, almost complete in completion. It was raining, and so I was home, and I just uh, switched it on. I've got to say, those last two sets of his um, were two of the best sets I've seen played by any player at any time. Medvedev's uh, number one player in the world. Um, he's not beaten easily, and Kyrgios just completely tore those te- two sets away from him, especially when that little fracas happened and Medvedev tried to get the crowd going, um, which was, I think, a tactical mistake on his part. And uh, Kyrgios responded with two booming aces and, and an unplayable. And his performance from there on to the end of that match was simply thrilling. And I thought his performance, uh, I didn't see all of it today against Kachkov, but I saw enough of it to um, be quite um, sort of surprised, uh, pleasantly surprised by his behaviour and the way he, he presented at the match. And really, I mean, you know, this guy's a really good player. Anyone who's playing at this level, big serve, tremendous off the ground. And I thought, you know, a five-set loss to a guy like that uh, at a slam is, uh, an, you know, a disappointment for him. But still, still uh, a very good performance. Yeah, it certainly was. He only lost it right at the end after he shook the umpire's hand and then decided to... Uh, yes. send a couple of uh, tennis rackets, as they say, to tennis heaven. He just smashed them. That's how frustrated he was, but he certainly kept his composure on court. Saying that, when you look at te- uh, Nick Kyrgios, uh, many saying he's got the best serve in the game. How do you view his serve? Yes, I've, I've said that often personally to people that you know want to listen. I mean, I just see his serve as unreadable. I don't think he served as well in the, in the um, amount of time that I watched it today. I don't think he served as well as he did against Medvedev. He was missing his first serve a bit more. But it's still such um, a weapon that with all the other talents he's got um, and his ability to bring these drop shots and short balls into play, which often um, sort of was a little Mickey Mouse the way he applied it. But uh, against Medvedev, when you've got players sitting so far back, his ability to bring the ball short um, was was a feature of this tournament. And, and in these matches recently, his ability to mix up with his serve volley, especially on the second serve, which is sort of unheard of in these days, uh, simply thrilling. And it, it, it's a, um, a fact that he doesn't have a coach, or I'm, I'm sure he's talking to other players and people around him, but his technical awareness and knowledge, given the fact that he doesn't have a coach who's uh, working with him in his tactical um, procedures, is 
quite outstanding, really. Mm, it is outstanding. I know you're uh, losing your voice, uh, Rob, so I won't yeah. keep you too much longer. Isla Tomlanovic, uh, who has been on the circuit for a number of years, after, of course, representing Australia some years ago, after originally coming from Croatia. She bowed out of the quarterfinal stage today, but her game has come on nicely as well. Yes, it seems to be um, the apprenticeship aspect of the tennis circuit um, has always been something that's been known, and, and a lot of players... Um, you know, Chris Johnston uh, would be an example. I, I certainly was off the circuit at 24. People, have, you have to stay on the circuit for a long time. And I think Tomlanovic is really one of those great examples of a player whose apprenticeship has been done, who's completed it and is now uh, basically in the workforce and starting to really learn her trade. Um, I hear, Stamps, as you said, Storm Sanders did well and in, is in the mixed doubles. And it seems to be a period of time needs to be applied on the circuit before you're able to, uh, other than the greats like Federer and Nadal Djokovic, who may come of age more quickly. Um, and a lot of these players stick around long enough and start to produce some really good tennis. Duckworth, the Australian player, is another Millman who came of age quite late. So it's quite a fascinating thing that, um, you know, that period of time that needs to be served um, on, the, on the circuit is, is apparent in some of these successes. And, Rob, before I let you go, I've got to get your thoughts. Uh, the big event, of course, at the US Open, certainly from an American perspective, was uh, the bowing out after a, a fantastic Karina, a career of uh, Serena Williams. Your thoughts on where she ranks in all-time great? Because there's been that conjecture, even though at the US Open, Arthur Ashe Arena, they keep flashing around the greatest of all time. How did you view her career and where she sits? Yeah, despite my respect for Margaret's uh, record, um, it's my personal opinion that Serena is the best of all because uh, even though she's one slam, yes, less, and um, you just can't apply numbers. Um, the Australian Open in the 12 or 13 times that Margaret won it perhaps didn't quite figure um, as a Grand Slam event, similar to all four of the events, the majors now. So um, irrespective of whether you like Serena or Margaret personally and all those aspects, um, I, you know, begrudgingly have to say that I think perhaps, you know, Serena's career uh, stands her out as the best player ever, even, uh, despite the respect you have to have for someone like Margaret who's won 64 grand same titles. Yeah, no, amazing. And, of course, Serena bows out. And we wait to see what ha happens with Roger Federer. He hasn't played for a long time. But when he bows out, the story will be probably even bigger because of what Roger Federer has done for the game and the popularity he has worldwide. Yes, and it was an interesting thing. There was a, uh, I think Paul McNamee was putting it out over the last couple of days that this was the first time since 2003 that you didn't have um, Djokovic, Nadal, Serena and or Federer in a quarterfinal um, of a major um, in nearly 20 years. So, you know, their effect on the game is simply, you know, unbelievable. And, and um, I'm a bit worried about when Roger does return. Um, he's been out, you know, it must be a year or more now and at 40 years of age, despite his greatness, the ability to uh, have that time out of the game and then come back and compete, certainly at that age, is, um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly sceptical about that. And I, I hope he does. I hope he does well, but I'm just a bit fearful about that. Uh, good on you, Rob. Thanks for joining us. Uh, really appreciate it. Go rest your voice and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Pete. Good on you, Rob Casey, joining us here on uh, SEN Drive with uh, Peter Vlahos, and uh, good to have a chat to him. So, anyway, that's where the Australian interest now 
uh, ceases. But as said, from a local perspective, Storm Sanders is still in the mixed doubles with uh, her partner. So good luck to Storm, the lass from Rockingham. Just in some AFL news, uh, Jack Revolt uh, confirmed last night that he is signed for 2023 for the Richmond Football Club. I'll speak to my next guest, Ashley Prescott, about that. But here's Jack. I'm going around again next year, um, which is exciting. I'm, I'm really excited to be playing again for the Tigers in 2023. Uh, I feel a bit embarrassed how much this has sort of been blown up a little bit. I'm just a, an old codger that's got to the end of my career that I'm um, just going to roll around again. So it's very exciting. Um, and uh, I, one thing I'm really proud of is the fact that there was no sort of um, quick decisions. It was actually made together. So, um, and that's probably what it, the thing that sort of holds me in good stead going in next year, you know, and that the club still see me as a serviceable player and I still feel like I've um, got a, got plenty to, to play for. Like, I've been very lucky to have been paid extremely well for a, a long period of time now that um, I'm not playing for any sort of financial gain, really. I'm playing to hopefully win another premiership. Yeah, she took a pay cut from all reports. Uh, the other footy news, the Essendon Coaching Committee can scrub Ross Lyon from its list of potential replacements for Ben Rutten. Lyon, the former St Kilda and Frio coach, has reportedly declined to be part of the process to be the next coach of the Bombers. Let me tell you, he was never considered. As long as Mark Harvey, the former Fremantle Dockers coach, is involved with Essendon, Ross Lyon was never going to get a look in. So, again, that grew, that story, from a couple of his former teammates at St Kilda. Uh, I don't think Ross Lyon was ever going to coach the Bombers. All right, uh, Christian Petrarca is an important player for the Melbourne Demons. They take on Brisbane in uh, that semi-final, the first of two, on Friday night at the MCG. Is he fit enough to play? I want to be out there on Friday night, 100%. I, I don't want to miss it for anything, to be honest. I, uh, but that, that means if I'm fully healthy, I don't want to compromise another player's position or spot in the team if I'm not fully fit or healthy. Um, and that's what I said before. You know, I ticked off a really good box today in main training. I'll tick off another one. Um, I've got a day off tomorrow, but I'll still tick off a few things. And then Thursday, we've got a captain's run. So I'll try and, um, you know, tick a few boxes off there and probably more some contact stuff and some tackling. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm a competitive person. I want to be out there. I, I played the second half. Um, and, I, and that's probably the, the pleasing sign is that the fact that I played three quarters um, – on, on this injury and I felt like I did okay. I mean, I probably wasn't explosive, but I actually felt like I warmed up in the second half um, and played a lot better than the, than the second quarter. So, um, you know, it is it is probably more of a mental thing, to be honest, the last few days, just obviously the media around it and people messaging me and asking me how it's going and, you know, I'm, you know just obviously it's not broken. Like, that's probably the one thing that's frustrating me is sort of the your mindset around it like it's not it's not a broken leg it's stable the doctors have fully cleared me of, of that and, and told me that you know i'm going to cause no further injury and, and that's put my mind at ease a lot and just focusing on that it is just a corky and um you know i can go out there and play there you go christian Petrarca. he'll be there for the demons against the lions on friday night kim hagdorn had his say about willie rioli supposedly and almost now certain heading towards uh, port adelaide to continue his AFL career and Haggis was a bit disappointed considering the time and effort that the West Coast Eagles had put in to Junior Rioli. And this is what Xavier Ellis, the former Hawthorne and West Coast Eagles player, had to say about the issue. You know, play the best footy, you've got to be comfortable. And for me, yeah, I learnt that when I wasn't playing footy. Now, I'll tell you what would make you comfortable. Go on. 
Getting paid for two years when you're banned for two years. That would yeah. make you pretty comfortable. Yes, this is West Not having Coast, to pay for the QC fees of your, li- your, your cases that you've mm. had in the last two years. Don't have them waived. Mm. That would make me feel a bit comfortable. Yeah, jeez. Willie Rioli, I think you owe West Coast. There you go. That's Xavier Ellis on Perth Radio a bit earlier today regarding uh, Junior Rioli. And just uh, before we take a break, uh, you may watch the cricket last night. Australia getting up over New Zealand. What about uh, West Australian hero Cameron Green? He's revealed today he's a serial cramper and has declared he should be good to go for Friday's one-day rematch with New Zealand after battling his way through a match-winning innings in Cairns last night. It appears the community got to him. The all-rounder had to be treated multiple times for cramp. I was watching this as his calves just seized up during his unbeaten career-high innings of 89 that helped rescue Australia from 5 for 44 in the opening match, and they got home by one wicket. And bad luck to Ange Postacoglu, his Celtic side. Uh, They played pretty well in the first 45 minutes and could have gone ahead against the European champions, Real Madrid. But in the end, uh, they were too good, uh, Real Madrid. They lost 3-0, did Celtic, to the European giants at home there in Glasgow. And Postacoglu was left to lament missed chances after Rail gave Celtic a lesson in cool finishing in the first game of Group F. Of course, they play again. Now the Champions League group stage, their next match is in Warsaw. They travel there next Wednesday. And they'll need to get back on the horse after that uh, loss at home uh, in the earliest hours of this morning. We're going to take a break. Uh, after the break, uh, Ash Prescott's going to join us. He's a current coach of the Claremont Footy Club, but he's also had stints, played nearly 100 games with Richmond and also has been involved with the Fremantle Dockers. We'll speak to Ash Prescott next here on Drive.